0: Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. <laughs>
1: All right. You got you you to love that, John. John. And we have... Our good friend uh, Bob Sumaru on with us, and uh, I could introduce him, but Bob, <laughs> why don't you? Uh, I'll do take it. I'll take from here, my friend. Let me jump right in. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you what a what a wonderful wonderful time of year this is. We're all coming out of the uh, lockdown and getting ready to get out amongst them. Uh, as John mentioned, my name is Bob Summerow. I uh, write for Western Outdoor News, been doing so for about 17 years now. I do a lot of charters, get offshore and fish the uh, the ocean around Southern California and uh, generally get out and about to fish the uh, freshwater throughout the state. So I got a lot of stories to tell. Good. And jo- John and I, we've spent a lot of time together, haven't we, John? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, good time. Yeah, good times. That's Bob's for a sure. good guy. We have a good uh, time together. That's for sure. Sure been a help to me. <laughs> uh, well, Bob, what's on the plan? What's on the plan for today, John? It's, we're going to spend a whole twelve-minute segment in the second segment, and we got a lot to talk about. Great. Uh, first of all, I'll mention our—we don't have it on our website, but yeah, it's, it's our trip to. Alaska, which hopefully Bob will be on um, to catch a can, and that would be September nineteenth to the twenty third. We'd like to hear from you. It's almost free, all inclusive.
2: Guys, we got about uh, thirty seconds left. Thirty seconds left before commercial.
1: This is the time of the year. It's the peak for silvers. They put on about a pound a week this time of the year, or from mm. July until end of September. But uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. um, Did you see that it's not up on the site yet, on the website? No, the dates haven't been put up yet. The dates are not up They're not correct.
2: Okay, we'll we'll get to that. That'll come. That'll come. This is Fish Hunt Talk Radio. We're going to come back with Steve Lynch from ProCure. So stay right there.
6: holiday season will receive a free Unreal Fishtails shirt or hat of their choice. Go to our website at unrealfishtails.com to join.
0: back to fish talk hunt radio with john Henneken
1: this is fish hunt talk radio uh, fish hunt talk go to the website usually uh, starting on uh, saturdays you can hear the entire show plus all of our archive shows so if there's something you missed and didn't write it down come on back and if you're Got the time to listen to some of the other ones. That's some great stuff out there. And we got some great stuff today. Um, we have uh, um, a special guest who hasn't been on for a
7: while. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Steve. Hey, it's Steve Lynch from Procure Bait Sense.
1: And uh, uh, that is, well, tell us a little bit about... And I remember procure was something you put on salmon eggs, but you've got a <laughs> hey, wide. Hey, John, Hey, John! Let, let me jump in here. Hey, Steve? Yes, sir. This is Bob Summerow here. I, I didn't get a chance to say hello to you. First of all, hello. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing great, thank you. I, I wanted to jump in and ask you a couple of. John I was just going to mention something that I always tease about, and that you know. Curing uh, solutions are always great. You put them on your salmon eggs, it gets a really good bite. But you're much more than that, aren't you?
7: We are. The cure is actually a very small part of our business anymore. Um, we take real bait and press it for the oils or grind it up and put it in a gel base. So we're buying mm. like 57 different baits from across the country. Uh, so we're doing uh sense specifically for, like, say, Southern California or, you know, Florida, Louisiana, Texas. And then not to mention, I think we're currently selling to about 27 other countries.
1: Well, you've been busy. You
7: know, with everybody being unemployed right now or staying at home, it seems like they're all fishing. (laughs) I I mean, we're just inundated with orders from, you know, from Florida all the way down to, you know, California. It's just crazy.
1: Well, it's about time.
7: Yeah. And I just hope even when they get their jobs back.
1: That they we'll talk a little bit later about twice all the fishing that's opening up. There's mm-hmm. all the uh, parks and lakes, marinas, uh, and especially in Southern California, have been closed, and now they're wide open. And a lot of rivers that you couldn't fish are now they're available. So I'm assuming, since they haven't got much pressure, the fishing's pretty good.
7: Fishing's been phenomenal pretty much, like I said, all across the country. Well, you know, I always said that
1: was going to be one of the uh, results is that we're going to have fish that are wide open because they haven't seen a bait or lure in so long, and they're just anxious to get caught. I see from, uh, you you have several different scents in the super gel, is that correct?
7: Yes, we've, we've got about 300.
1: 300 different scents. Wow. So yeah, how does one differentiate what one wants to use? Uh, well, it says right
7: on it whether it's herring, anchovy, you know, butt juice for the bottom fish, and then we do a bunch of custom blends, uh, you know, like a salmon slammer, which is five different baits uh, put into one, and then with a hint of garlic to it. <laughs> so, so we've got the traditional, you know, like just the anchovy, crawfish, you know. So it says right on it what it is.
1: Oh, I see. Uh, but then,
7: then the custom blends like the Predator, the Butt Juice, and then we do a bunch of uh, addicted uh, blends.
1: Uh, well, I know that uh, it's invaluable for fishing for halibut.
7: Well, sure, because that's primarily a, you know a scent-driven fishery. I think the more mm-hmm. scent you have out you know the far, better it is. And
4: a yeah. lot of those
7: guys up in Alaska and Canada would tell you that that they're they're putting out a scent trail they believe a half mile long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you're up there and you find a spot where you're fishing, uh, you don't want to get within a quarter of a mile of another boat, and they get really upset. Cause, you know, they Alibis, do. most of them, most of them are deep, you know, and the the visibility is almost zero, so they follow the scent line. About them from a quarter of a mile easily. Uh, yeah, about eight
7: scent. years ago, I anchored up a little too close to a guy, and holy smokes, he let me know it. Uh, Yeah, he was right on me. You know, we do a lot of sturgeon fishing here in the Columbia, and and shoot, we're 20 yards apart from each other, uh, you know, side by side, and then, you know, 150 150 yards downriver, you can anchor. But you sure can't do that for halibut. Uh, They take their water pretty serious.
1: Yeah. Well, it works. That's why you found so much of it.
7: We well, think yeah. so. You know, it's just a lot of them. lures that are designed to catch
1: the angler, not necessarily
7: the fish. Yeah, well, we're the only scent company out there using 100% real bait. Uh, so we're not using fillers or canola oil or Vaseline. Um, we don't use any of that stuff. So we take the real bait, grind it up, and we add a little of, uh, UV to it. So if the fish can see it, if you're fishing down deep or in murky water, yeah, And the only other thing we add is four-branched chain amino acids just to trigger the fish to feed. Uh-huh. And so there is no filler or cardboard or vascular, like I said, none of that other crud. It's just, yeah. you know, if hairy it's hairy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
7: Right. Salmon like salmon like that. They do. But unfortunately, there aren't salmon all across the country. So we have to make up sense for redfish, snook, fluke, flounder. Um, you know the list just goes on and on.
1: You know. Uh, What's the difference between fluke, flounder, and halibut? Mostly east and west coast.
7: Correct, uh, and size as well. Uh, you know, I went out to Berkeley Sound and halibut fished last year, and, yeah. and I think they're right around you know sixteen to twenty-four inches that we were catching. Um, you know, uh, up at Homer, you wouldn't get anything near that. Uh, I mean, they're all much bigger. Same name, cat. Well, I mean, not not uh, all right, of them. Twenty pound. Right, yeah,
1: you're looking for big ones. That's what Homer's famous for.
7: Yeah, but it's pretty well, in my personal opinion, but overfished. I mean, there's still the the big ones out there, but when you see a two hundred pounder coming every day, that's that's not the case anymore. I don't think.
1: Yeah.
7: Well, it takes a long
1: time for a fish to get that big. Oh, absolutely. And, and the commercial guys will come in and troll and. You know, take the big ones.
7: Yeah, and and most places now have made a slot limit, so it's illegal for you or me to even keep them that big. Yeah. There was a few parts of Alaska that's still open where you could get them, but for the most part, I would say ninety percent of Alaska and Canada it's, it's all regulated with the slot limit. So if they're much over eighty pounds, they're going back.
1: Yeah, well, is that for uh, the regulations are different for charters and in uh, and, and private party.
7: Correct. Yeah, which is kind of bad for the charters. I mean, it's, it's better for you and me to go up there and do a self-guided trip
1: versus yeah. oh, hiring
7: yeah. to a lodge and using their guide. And yeah, I disagree always, with that rule. And that's rule. a shame you, too because the, the, the guides others.
1: get cut out when they should be getting business.
7: That's right, and and you and me don't know the water as well as that guide does. So I think it's safer to have a guide in the boat if you're going to uncharted waters or somewhere where you're not familiar with. Uh, you know, it, it just seems kind of crazy. But uh, well, I wish they would change the rules around. There's a lot of islands, and it's easy to get confused to where you are. And that's right. And if the fog comes in, I mean, it really plays havoc. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, that's the problem with the guys making our rules. They don't hunt or fish for the most part.
1: No, know, that's
7: right. Uh, at least in Oregon, uh, three out of seven hold licenses for either hunting or fishing. Oh. But yet yeah. they dictate how we do it. So I yeah. just don't, uh, I find it hard to believe. Nobody knows nothing about it and can tell us how to do it.
1: Well, aside yeah. from the politics of it all, what, what other good news yeah. do you have relative to your uh, your business in Procure? You guys are distributed where?
7: Uh, we're, we're in uh, uh, Salem, Oregon. That's where we manufacture uh-huh. everything. Okay. And now uh, we actually ship more goods to the East Coast. Than we sell in the West Coast.
2: Guys, we've got it's just nice. about uh, 30 seconds left in this segment, so let's get out a website or whatever we need to do.
1: All right, go ahead, Mark. I see.
7: But it just, um, business is booming. And I mean, right, well, whether How do we traction. get in touch with it? Yeah, how um, do they find more out? Oh, uh, just uh, procare.com. easy. Okay, is you, it ProDesk here? Yeah, it's p r o hyphen dot com. Yeah, all right. All right. Great uh, website,
1: by hey, the way. Hey, Very nice website. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, John. All right, bye. No
3: Vision.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan.
1: This is John Hennigan. We have our good friend Bob Summer, <laughs> um, and I'm, I got to tell you, me, you me, Josh, you know, every, every time me, I hear that music, I just get a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is fun, I tell you. And what it I is. like about what I like about this is I always learn something every week. Yeah, yeah. Despite your best efforts, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh not you reintroduce yourself, Bob. Well, you know, as I've said before, I'm a writer for Western Outdoor News, uh the uh premier hunting and fishing newspaper in the state of California now. And we have uh quite a bit to talk about all the time about the different uh fishing and hunting throughout the state, but in particular I write about the fishing here in the Southern California area offshore, and I do a lot of writing about the uh, the freshwater fishing throughout the state. You know, one of the things that's going on right now, of course, that you want to talk about and so do I is the opening, but it certainly is looking really awesome, really awesome. Um, yeah, the charter boats were shut down for, what, two or three months? Almost three months complete, Yeah. Yeah. So, and just just today, this very date, which happens to be my birthday, by the way. Oh, congratulations! Just, to, just today, as a birthday present, 100 percent of the landings have been given the go ahead to proceed with all of the trips, including the long range trips out of San Diego. Yeah, that's uh, that'd be a tough one because you got a lot of people together. You got 40, 50 people you know on one boat so that's, well you know. there are a lot of restrictions john in particular uh you hit it right on the head they're restricting all of the loads down almost to 50% so that's number one number two everyone is required to wear face masks and be tested when they come aboard they're going to have their temperature checked mm-hmm. and you bring your own you bring your own bedding so that you there's none of the bedding Oh. And just a few people are allowed in the galley at any one time. So yeah. there are restrictions, but you still can get out and with the weather as awesome as it is this time of year, and the bite being on for white sea bass, yellowtail, all the rockfish, uh, and of course our beloved tuna, uh, we're seeing some huge, huge numbers coming in already. And where are they going? Well, the offshore uh means everything pretty much from uh San Clemente Island down south uh, across the border, 30, 40 miles. And in that zone, they're catching all forms of uh, yellowtail, both the home guard around the islands and some paddy hoppers that are out on the kelp paddies, as well as they're finding schools of yellowfin and bluefin tuna. Some of the bluefin are up in the the 305-pound range. We had one last week. And uh, that was right off San Clemente Island. There's also a big cluster of yellowfin out about 20 miles past the Coronado Islands uh, on a diagonal out of San Diego. So uh, just just below the border. Uh, It's just every option you can think of. And then on top of all that, John, the white sea bass are biting on the inshore. Wow. And so... It seems like they've been the last few years they just never went away well you know they've they've come back in a full yeah they were almost uh gone uh 15 20 years ago and now they've come back with a vengeance and even down in mexico uh the, a fellow just caught uh, what looks to be a world record white sea bass uh from the surf uh down wow. in uh, near la paz wow yeah well, that would be, what, 100 pounds? Uh, it was uh, 89. Yeah, you're very close, 89 yeah. pounds. Wow, that's a lot of, and those chase good. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I think I've told you the secret before, and it is that uh, the next white sea bass I catch will be my first. Oh, really? Yep, never got one on the boat. I had one on a couple of times and uh due to various mix ups, either a missed gaff or uh a line crossing or maybe too tired to drag, I don't know, might have been. I haven't actually put one on the boat yet. Well, this is your year. Yep. Yep. It certainly is. because well, twenty twenty has been such a special year already, hasn't it? You might call it that. Special. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Unusual.
2: Unusual, yeah.
1: Uh, I don't think, and you know, I don't know if we'll ever see this again in our lifetime. Hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. In fact, oh. I tried to get a refund on this year, but nobody would take it. So,
2: Bob, are you a fly fisherman?
1: Uh, by nature, that is my preference. Okay. Yes, I love to fly fish. Well, you know, what? it's just... You mentioned it. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, fly fishing, you know, you'd think of as a river runs through it. You know, people mm-hmm. on a lake throwing dry flies or a stream. But uh, <laughs> it's it's exploded, and you know everybody is into fly fishing. It seems like now, and it's it's growing immensely. And then, uh, well, what about the uh, saltwater fly fishing? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I just got myself a, a new Thomas & Thomas 10-weight fly rod, which is for tuna. And uh, when I go out offshore for tuna in about two weeks, I'm taking that rod with me, and I'm going to fish four tuna with my fly rod. Well, you know what I don't understand? You get a good-sized tuna, and 80-pound chest is not nearly enough. But you go, oh, it's a fly rod, but it's like you know, 20-pound uh, tippet, uh, and you seem to be able to land them just as quickly. Yeah, well, the, the rods themselves give you a lot more play, so you're able to work a lighter weight tippet. But uh, my my secret is that I actually use 40-pound uh, 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 fluorocarbon uh, on an 80-pound backer. Yeah. So I've got basically 40 pounds, so, and so I'm good. not going to fish the 200-pound tuna. Well, I'm going to be fishing fish in the fish football, it, yeah. footballs and the schoolies. Yeah. Yeah, and they're fun. you it? know, the, the surf and the ocean, those are wonderful, and I love doing them, but my heart belongs to Steelhead. Oh. And, huh. you know, you put me on a Steelhead River in the middle of uh, – a snowstorm, uh, and I'm in hog heaven wow. when you when you're when you're swinging a nice big uh, kilowatt fly and the snow is building up on your shoulders and it's dead quiet, no one else around. And then that line starts to scream out from your reel and some eighteen to twenty two pounds steelhead fresh out of the ocean takes your fly and runs trying to get back to sea. There can't be anything better than that. Yeah, and you just have to run down the bank following it. I've done that many a time. (laughs) In fact, I did that uh, two years ago in Alaska uh, with uh, Mac from Frontier. We were out on a river, and I I had to run all the way downstream. This darn fish wanted to run downstream. He went around the bend. I had to go around the bend with him. I kept going. And then the son of a gun turned around and went back upstream all the same way I actually yeah. landed it where I hooked it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How big was it?
1: That one was almost 20 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, and yeah. those head up there, they, they've never seen a fly. They don't know from anything because there are yeah. so few anglers that get to these rivers. And you, you use a, uh, a, a um, w- way to chip it? Uh, no, no, you're not going to need it because the water is not, we're not fishing a very big uh, a river. We're fishing uh-huh. probably, you know, 100 yards across, maybe less. And so you can wade out, and you're fishing in maybe 18 to 30 inches of water. Hmm. Uh-huh. So the, the fly itself is weighted, so it takes down your uh, fluorocarbon tippet. Yeah. yeah. And what do you use? Well, what? a couple of different things. I like to tie this kilowatt fly, which is my favorite swing fly. It uh, looks kind of like a real leggy stonefly with a lot of flashaboo in it. Yeah. So that that's actually my favorite fly to use for steelhead. But, you know, yeah. the darn things though they love to eat uh, salmon eggs. So yeah. pegged egg, which is the Alaskan way, you peg an egg uh, above the hook about three to four inches, and the hook is bare, and then when he taps that egg – you strike, and it, it actually snags him on the outside of his mouth, which is better for the fish. Oh. And then and you, you fight you, it, land and release can, it. You can, you can feel that strike? It's, it's just barely perceptible, but if you're good at it, you can tell. But yeah. it really helps to keep the quality of the fish that are returned and the uh, mortality rate from climbing. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and I haven't done a lot of uh, uh, steelhead, but I was up fishing and twice. Uh just retrieving my line, and there was a fish on it.
2: <laughs> like magic.
1: Yeah. yeah That's magic. Like that it. is magic. <laughs> yeah.
2: Guys, we got just about uh, 30 seconds left in this segment. Uh, Bob, did you want to give out the uh, Western Outdoor News website or anything like that? Certainly. Certainly. I'd be glad to do that. Thank you. It's really simple. It's
1: wonews.com, W-O-N-E-W-S.com. And uh, once you're there, you can see uh, any of the editions that are online, and then you can also see all the charters that we're doing, which I do about 80% of them. I get out on over 14 charters a year. So that's W-O-N-E-W-S. W-O-N-E-W-S.
2: All right, that's not too bad. We got that one. Well, this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio, and welcome to all of our listeners around the country, around the world, all the military bases. We're going to be right back. Hang in there.
3: full-service fly shop. His and her fly fishing offers FFI-certified international fly fishing instructor and guide service with Frank Selby. Listen to Frank as host of fishhunttalkradio.com dot com or listen live Saturdays at nine a.m. Pacific time on Sirius XM Radio Channel Two Eleven. Custom flies are handmade to, to your order in house in Newport Beach. Fishing in Mexico, Belize, Florida, or the Rockies. Frank and the staff will deliver exactly what you need: flies and gear. Google his and her fly fishing. All oh right.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan,
1: and we have uh, one of the premier anglers in uh, California. We have Mr. Bob Summer, writer for the Western Outdoor News. Take it away. Uh, we hold Joe Beyer. Man, he is a fishing line guy for Berkeley. How long have you been doing that uh, with Berkeley, Joe?
8: I've been at it 32 and a half years now.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. Started when you were 12. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, something like that. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, and all the while we you've been with we're Berkeley on the line last, business? Last week we talked um, a little bit about the progression of fishing line. Uh, and you want to kind of finish up with uh, that subject?
8: Sure. We'll go quickly just to begin. You know, obviously, way back when people were using linen. And then it went into a lot of braided Dacrons, and then the hey, advent Hey,
1: speak, speak up a little bit, Joe.
8: Okay. started out with linens uh, way back in the day, and, you know, your cotton fibers. And then everything went into the braided Dacrons earlier on, and then the advent of DuPont creating uh, nylon. And nylon, obviously, nylon monofilament, you know, ruled the world for many, many, many years. And then uh, the, the, the DSM boys, along them with Honeywell, created gel spun polyethylene or PE. And then along came your superlines. And then not too far after that, fluorocarbon. And fluorocarbon is PVDF. It's uh, it's also extruded into a monofilament, but also has different characteristics than the other two products this, as well. But they're all they're all unique and different in their own in their own worlds.
1: Joe, sounds so like you're a chemical engineer. Yeah, there's still a plate for all
8: of them. There actually is. You know, everybody said, all oh, nylon is going to go by the wayside. And you know what? It's actually not. It's, it's foothold is there, and it's going to be there for many, many, many years. There are a lot of applications where you probably don't really want a super line and you really don't want a fluorocarbon. Nylon monofilament, it's still. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, it's got some
3: attributes.
1: And- it's got some stretch, and it's very strong.
8: You picked up on the stretch business, and you know I know that everybody's uh, fallacies are you know fluorocarbons, you know stretch less than nylon. In actuality, when we test them every day, typical nylons and typical fluorocarbons have a anywhere from 28 to 30, 32 percent elongation to break. But to you and me as a fisherman, everybody will tell you fluorocarbon feels like it's more sensitive. It goes back into the differences of the raw materials. Fluorocarbon has a specific gravity of 1.74 to 1.76, which means it sinks. And so when it sinks, you have a a better direct connection to your lure. It's going to make it feel more sensitive to you. And then the density of the actual material helps that sensitivity and where it stretches before it breaks. It takes just a little bit more to pull on it before it starts to stretch. Yeah. This is why between you and I, we feel it to be more sensitive.
1: Well, it's uh, more abrasion resistant,
8: right? Um, it, in fact, it's also... Everybody perceives that. There are nylons. There are some nylons out there that are actually can be formulated to be very abrasion resistant it's just a difference in how the abrasion happens mm-hmm. and which is why most anglers if they're going to tie on a leader especially in the bass world they want to tie on a fluorocarbon leader and there's two reasons why because yes it it gives them that a little bit more abrasion resistance but it's also the fluorocarbon has the, a refractive index and in that and the ability of light to pass through materials. And fluorocarbon has a refractive index that's closest to water, so hence it's perceived or could be less visible for a fish. That's well, Joe, the two main reasons Joe, why people want to use a fluorocarbon. Joe Bob
1: Summerow here. Hey, I just Good have a Bob. quick question for you about that. The visibility issue is something I get a lot of questions on when I'm out there on my charters because we do have fluorocarbon and we do have monofilament as well as our braids that we use. And people are always asking me, but what the heck does it matter if you're like bottom fishing or if you're working fish down deep on the ocean? Uh, How far down is that visibility a factor?
8: (laughs) I wish I had that answer. I ah, think for you I was counting on you yeah. to answer that one. <laughs> <clears throat> I haven't been able to dive down that deep. How about that? <laughs> uh, and You can't ask
1: a fish, can you?
8: Uh, no, and, uh, no, no, no. And they, and they see different than you and I do. Yeah. Um
1: so people will it, tell you. Is there, any, is there any evidence as far as the visibility issues between mono and fluoro?
8: I'm sorry, repeat that.
1: Is there any true evidence of the visibility issues between mono and fluoro?
8: Well, there is based on the refractive index, okay? Right. And that's why fluorocarbon uh, proceeds to have that better hookup or better less ability to hook a fish, okay? All right. That's probably the main reason behind it, and it's refractive index of it. Now, interestingly enough, if you've been out on charter boats, you want a clear leader, but you're seeing more and more charter boats putting multiple colored lines on the the reels and the lines going out behind the boat, and then they can figure out that, okay, the blue one's on my far left, and I can have an orange line, then I have a red line, and then I have a fluorescent colored line over here, and so then I can get an idea of, okay, where my lines are going. And so they like to color code them across the back of their boat so you don't start crossing lines back and forth. And so that's right. the color there then is for you and I to be able to see where the heck our line is. Yeah. And, and you know, the older the older the uh, fishermen get, man, being able to see the line is, is really key. And so then you start mm-hmm. adding in, like we do, we add a lot of either optical brighteners into it or brighter colors. Because it's like, man, I, I just got to be able to see my line, so I, I can see my fish coming in, versus out. I I don't really know where my fish is, and so that's that go that goes along with it immensely oh. too for the fishermen. Are you still there?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Fluorocarbon uh, also is uh,
8: apparently does not absorb water. Is that right? That is correct. Fluorocarbons do not absorb water, and so whatever your strength is that you start with, it ends with. And so that mm-hmm. is a plus. Nylons, a typical nylon, will absorb water. And when it absorbs water, it'll actually relax it. So it'll make it more manageable. But when it absorbs water, you also lose a little bit of strength. And that's what the mm-hmm. water does. So it's a, it does you both. You lose a little strength, but it also makes it more manageable, less coily, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. A lot of a lot of differences there. Now, okay, well, let's uh, on and... if you don't mind, let's jump into uh,
1: the micro brakes because I remember the first time I used it, I had a tackle shop loaded up for me, and you know he did it, thought he did it right, he put pressure on it when he when he uh, put it on the reel. And I was in Alaska, and I hooked uh, apparently a big salmon. And I had about 30, 40, 50 feet of uh, uh, mono on the end. And But when it got down to the micro braid, the micro braid had dug into itself, and it would not, I would say not budge. You could not get it out. And I got the fish you know, up to it again, and it would take off up to it again. And then when it made a run, it was gone. But uh, that was because that line was... I guess it's flat, and it stacks up on itself, and it's very difficult to use. But now they got so many different types. Want to comment
8: on that? I, 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 that's a really good question. And what happens is micro braids, PE or Delsman polyethylene, very strong but very small, and the material itself likes to slide against itself. And so when you pack that on a fishing reel, especially if it's more parallel wound on your reel, and it's a softer wind underneath, and if you have a hard bite and that fish pulls hard, that line will just slice through all the other layers of line on your reel,
1: basically it'll
8: go to the bottom, and then once it's in the bottom, just like you said, then you're stuck. It's a a really bad deal. Bad day, I should say. And so um, it's really important, especially on your deep-sea fishing, guys, like you were up in Alaska, and those is where you make sure you pack it on tight from the bottom on up. Because if you're loose underneath but tight on the top, it can bury itself.
1: Well, it's the other really thing is fit. that the first lines were, I guess, they were a little bit flat, um, and they would dig in. But the Berkley line now is to make it so that it's round and it doesn't just stack up yeah. like that. It's like the oldest guess.
8: You are correct. The rounder they are, the less they want to do that. And back in the day when people first started using them, we were also using fishing rods that were made out of 100% uh, graphite, and they were very, yeah. very mm-hmm. stiff. So since Superline has no give to it, there's no stretch to it, something right. has to give. And if you have a stiff rod and you have a, a, a hard-fighting salmon that takes off the other, other way, something's got to give, which allows okay. that line to even dig in harder. Where a yeah. typical nylon or fluorocarbon has some elongation or some give to it, it's less likely to bury itself in your reel. Guys, we,
2: we've got so, just about 30 seconds left in this segment. I don't know if you want to have Joe give out a website or what you want to do.
1: Yes, Joe, do that. And Joe, if you don't mind just Hold you
8: over just for a couple of minutes when we come back. Sure, sure. We're at, uh, uh, obviously, www.berkeley-tackle.com. Um, you can see on there our breadth of products in the Berkeley line of things versus, and, and then, obviously, have um, Berkeley, Berkeley, Berkeley makes
1: everything. They own not have to market.
2: Oh, yeah. All right, let's 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 wrap it up for this segment. We're going to bring back Joe Meyer from Berkeley, and uh, we'll stay tuned, everybody. We need some
5: more cowbell.
6: We have something new and exciting for all fishermen and fisherwomen, from five to twelve-year-old boys and girls to teenagers and adults. Join the Unreal Fish Tales Fresh and Saltwater Fishing Club to get an amazing fifty percent discount on all Unreal rods and reels, forty percent discount on all apparel, and thirty percent discount on all Unreal mounts. This monthly Fresh and Saltwater video contest has a cash prize up to twenty-five hundred dollars. Members who join our Unreal Fish Tales Club anytime this
3: it's a big one. For passionate sports fishermen who value first-class fishing experiences paired with personalized service and amenities, all-inclusive Salmon Falls Fishing Resort on the Inland Passage reinvents the Ketchikan Fishing Getaway. Guests enjoy exceptional gourmet cuisine, superior fishing excursions, fully guided charter or self-guided in center console boats accommodating three anglers, updated guest rooms, and suites. On-site fishing processing to clean fresh back
0: to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Henneken
1: Hey guys, i tell you what, this is an awful lot of fun. Hey Joe, I got to tell you, you just really have opened my eyes to a lot of things with your, your knowledge of lines. Uh, I knew about the history, you know, from way back in the, in the day when linens were used, but I really didn't know that the, the super lines and the the fluorocarbons and the nylons are still is so much in transition and so much going on.
8: There's, there's a lot still happening and I tell you what you wait in the next couple three years, it's going evolve even further the advances that people put into the products. Yeah, um, so so yep. It's uh sorry about that. It's it's advances that we're gonna have even in the next few years are gonna be uh Changing that—that's that's our life of trying to find ways that are better or stronger or more flexible, or anything what these uh, fishermen are asking for. That—that's that's what you're doing out there. Can I make super lines that can act closer to like a nylon or a fluorocarbon or any of those? What well, any, it sounds like it,
1: it sounds like you anticipated my my question that I was leading up to, which is, what is the next big thing?
8: Well. I'll have to let you know when we come out with it.
1: I <laughs> <the beans> <laughs> Man, I tell you this guy, you should try politics. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I, you know, when it comes to Berkeley and it comes to lines, I, I can't think of anything better. I'll tell you, you guys have done a hell you know. of a job.
8: Well, we we definitely try every day. You know, my mom will ask me, honestly, my mom is a uh, 87. She goes, Joe, how do you get up every day and work on string every day? Well, <laughs> we make we make some really good strings, and you know, you just wait till tomorrow. We're going to find a way to make it better tomorrow. So that's my goal. That's our goal here. Can we make better products for fishermen that either last longer or give you an attribute that, it, whether it's just purely color, can I see it better at night? Can I see it better during the day? Mm-hmm. Will it hold up better against the barnacles on the bottom of a boat or on a on a dock post? Can it hold up better to the toothy critter out there that's trying to bite it? You know, do I need more shock in this one or do I need less shockability in this one? A walleye fisherman, you know, he likes a nylon, but he wants it with less elongation. Okay, well, we make sensations for that very reason. You know, there's, there's reasons why most of those products are out there. And if you go look at the line wall, you're like, holy bucket. What am I looking at? There's a lot of stuff here. Well, there's a reason for each one of them. And you just have to make sure you pick the right one for your application. And that's where our education comes in at, teaching our consumers, teaching our customers. So then they can also help teach the consumers there's a right place for every every line that's out there.
1: Right, right, right. You know, it's funny you mentioned the nylons. And I've only fished nylon probably twice in my many years, many decades career. And uh, it seems to me that I might be missing out on something. Would you say that's true? Do we need to to look into nylon?
8: You know, there is. Even our pros come back, and I ask them, you know, is, do you guys still fish nylons? And every one of them will come back. Absolutely. I got a series of rods set up for nylon monofilament, and for specific reasons. And I was like, okay. I get it now. There are things where you would want a nylon, where you would not want a super line or a fluorocarbon.
2: Guys, we got just about 30 seconds left, so wrap it up.
8: All right. Uh, so that, that brings us to the point that
1: I have to ask you one last question. People want to learn that's more it, about your it. lines and such. What do you got?
8: I, I, I missed that question. What's coming up in the future?
1: Yeah no what, what uh, where should they look for more information about Berkeley line
8: Oh perfect www.berkeley-tackle.com our website there is walking you, would walk you through it in fact we actually have some new new stuff in there that helps you make a decision matrix of finding what oh, nice. would work best in your application
2: Well that went by quick this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio uh, go to the website fishtalkradio.com we'll be back next week